Hello and welcome to Barren Not Broken. This is your host, Bonnie Roon. I am so excited for season three, episode two with my friend Robin. She courageously and vulnerably shares her story of navigating 31 years of endometriosis as a single childless woman. You will be inspired by her strength and encouraged by the practical and helpful information she shares with us. Robin reminds us that no matter the barren places in our lives, we do not have to live broken. Hello and welcome to Barren Not Broken. This is your host, Bonnie Ruth. And as always, I'm so excited for today's conversation with my friend Robin. We actually just met like, what, maybe, maybe three or four months ago. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And we met through a mutual friend, Roisin. Hey, Roisin. <laughs> um, and just have some commonalities in our story and things that we've walked through with our health. Um, and so we just hit it off. First of all, we be, I told her, I was like, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me, girl. We're friends. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. And so I'm excited to have you here because mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be one of the most important conversations mm-hmm. that I've had on the podcast thus far, because we are navigating the conversation of chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and navigating the decision to have a hysterectomy mm-hmm. and where we're going to navigate and pave the path of our own lives with what we deal with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm honored that you would come and share this. Mm-hmm. And one that you've shared it with me, but that you would share it with the Bear Not Broken community. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thankful that we're going to have the opportunity, I hope, to step into some places that maybe some people don't feel comfortable to. So guess what? They get us. Guess we're gonna, what? We're going to do it for them. So Robin, Yay. welcome. Thank you so And much. tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am from Seattle originally. I just moved here to Dallas uh, last June. So wow. it's been so fun being where the sun lives. Oh like, it's just girl, so Texas fun. forever, baby. That's all I got to say. Right? Texas forever. Oh my gosh. It's been so fun. Um, I work for an amazing company that I just mm. had so much um, that I've just loved working for. And that's really yeah. what brought me out here, which that's has cool. been great. And, um, I have an amazing dog. That's, of course, everybody says yes. the dog's amazing, but mine's amazing. Your dog is uh, amazing. <laughs> Much more well-behaved than mine. Oh, well, we worked very hard on that. His name's Chester. Oh. And yeah, just, uh, just, you know, doing this thing called life. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so the main thing that we're going to talk about today is kind of um, where you've come from with your health mm-hmm. and how that's brought you yeah. to make certain decisions in your life. For sure. And um, I, I think there's so many people out there who could probably relate to the fact that sometimes life happens and it happens to you and you're mm-hmm. then having to navigate, okay, how do I, how do I create a thriving life? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've been faced with that decision and are walking that so beautifully, Mm -hmm. even though it's very painful in so many different aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit kind of about your health journey. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag. What led you to the decision of needing to have a hysterectomy? Because I think it's important. We have context where we've come from, Mm -hmm. um, and what brought us to those decisions. So tell us a little bit, just a little bit about your journey, whatever you're comfortable with kind of Where things started, where did you, yeah. were you like, whoa, I, my body's not responding like everybody else is. Cause that's how I feel. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for asking. No, I'm not open, but happy to share. I, um, I started, it was around when I was about 14 mm. and, uh, I was in pain every month 
and yeah. for my cycle. And, yeah. um, you know, you don't really know why you don't know, yeah. you don't realize that that's not normal, I think. Yeah. And, and so it took a while for us to figure out like how to treat it. Yeah. And back then this would have been, Ooh, let me think what year this was. I know you're going to, you're going to let our age up. I'm going to, I'm going to date you? myself. Yeah. <laughs> Probably this was 90, gosh, 92, 93 ish. Okay. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I don't do math well. I'm not, yeah. uh, but back in the nineties, you know, and, and back then yeah. endometriosis really wasn't something that it wasn't really, really knew about. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. that's one of the things I, I, um, have is endometriosis and then adenomyosis, but okay. that was taken care of with the hysterectomy. Okay. So it's just the endo part that, uh, still you're dealing still with. dealing mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Um, so it's about 14, started every birth control you can think of. Nothing yep. worked. It just made me crazier. Yep, it made the pain worse. Crazy. Or... I call it the crazy pill. Oh my gosh. It was awful. Crazy pill. It was awful. Yep. Yeah. And so nothing worked. Yeah. Um, they, they put me through medically induced menopause yeah. uh, for nine months, which is longer Ooh. than what you're supposed to be on. Did which... you take Lupron? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loopy it's Lupron. Awful. It's yeah. horrible. It's awful. Yeah. So, oh. uh, so for those of you that maybe have gone through menopause, it tends to be a more gradual of an experience. Yes. Whereas with this medication, it's an injection. Yep. So if yep. you have adverse reactions, yeah. you're, you're stuck because it's can't in you do until anything. it wears off. Yeah. yeah. So um, it puts you into full on yes. menopause with I think it makes it worse because I'm oh, telling yeah. you right now, every person that I've personally <laughs> known that's gone through menopause, I don't really feel like they experienced what I did. Right. No, what you did. So. Like yeah. it's, t- it's, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, it it's was intense. So like hot sweats and mood yep. swings and all the yep. things that you don't want when you're like working a job and, yeah. you know, trying to be no. an actual human. So, okay. I have a question for you. Yes. We're going to park here on loopy loop. Okay. Because <laughs> I have some crazy stories and so I'll share mine. So you feel okay. comfortable, whatever your craziest story is. Okay. One, well, I'll, sh- I'll share one and a half. One was <laughs> my grandma's came in town to visit and they were at mine and Jason's house. Okay. And I literally was losing my shit over nothing. Oh, no. But I could not, like, I just, I was losing it. Yeah. But I just really couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. And I scared the crap out of my grandmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't, like, crazy woman. But for me, I was crazy. Yeah. I was, like, upset. I was, mm-hmm. like, crying. And then I would start yelling. And then I would cry again. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just looking at me. And then I'm mad because everyone's, like, okay. And you have so, no control over that. No control. Yeah. Like, yeah. I literally was saying to them, I don't know what to do right now. I can't stop it. And so my poor grandmas have been scarred for life with that. So I felt bad. I scared the crap out of my grandmas. Yeah. Um, but one time I'm driving to work and drive there every day, right? Yeah. I literally had to pull over on the side of the road because I could not remember how to get to work. Oh my God. And so I had to call Jason and I was like, um, I don't know where I'm at Uh and I don't know how to get to work because it drains you of all your estrogen, right? Mm -hmm. Which is menopause, but it does it in a way where your system is not able to, I think, I don't think it's able to kind of catch up or like figure out. Mm -hmm. So mentally as women, we need that to concentrate for our memory, Mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, Jason had to come and lead me to work. It was mortifying. But, oh, I mean, I laugh about it now, but yeah. I just thought to myself, like, what if I had kids? Yeah. When I, you know, because there are some women that have to go through some of this after they have already had kids. Yeah. And I'm like, I would have been the worst mother ever. But 
Um, I was struggling on the verge of worst wife ever, sure. but I just, I, there were some crazy things. I left my car running at, at oh dinner one gosh. night for like three hours. Like, oh did you experience gosh. anything where you just like lost your mind? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I lost my mind a lot. Oh. I think the hot flashes were the worst for okay. me because okay. I, at the time was working at a jewelry store and you have to like wear a suit every day and, oh, and I was girl. I remember many times I would be checking somebody out or like helping somebody and you're instantly a thousand degrees instantly. oh yeah you there's can't no control it. no there's no yeah. like warm-up there's no yeah. hey guess what coming yeah. you know you don't feel a tingle coming or anything no, you're like just... immediately sweaty so yeah. red and I and I remember oh. specifically this one time where I literally thought I would rather be naked right now and yeah. of all these people that be as hot as I'm feeling right now. And I would go in the back and like literally put my head in the freezer to try to cool oh down because it was so bad. And I remember crazy things like that where yeah. I remember one time that stuck with me where I was driving. There's this um, kind of an overpass you drive in Seattle where mm. you can kind of see the, the downtown city and, okay. and it's on I-5, I believe. And I remember literally thinking of driving myself off of the bridge. Yeah crashing down at the yeah. bottom, fire, fire trucks, like the yeah. all the detail was there. Yeah. And it really scared me because yeah, I, that, that's I don't, not your normal thought no, process. Yeah, I don't exactly. think that way. And so yeah. that's when I'm like, uh, yeah, so I don't think I this don't is think the I right thing for me to be on. And yeah. that was the second round. So I went through two rounds wow. of it. So oh I went gosh. through a nine month round and Ooh. then um, had, uh, I think about a year break and then they did, wanted to do a second round for six months. So I was on it way longer Can than I Can we just talk been. about how no one prepares you for that? No. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, this should not be something that people give people without high warnings. Yeah. I mean, because to have things like same, like there would be days where I would just feel like I wanted to die. Yeah. And and that's just being real and vulnerable yeah. of like yeah. the place that it can take you is so serious. It's yeah. not it's not just a hot flash or mm-hmm. it's not just I'm emotional like there are things that you literally can no longer control about your body. Yeah. And that's scary. It's a very Uh scary, very vulnerable, very um, intense Mm -hmm. place to be. And Mm -hmm. whether you are married or single or, you know, living with family there and then they're navigating it with you and my work too. Like I worked um, in pastoral care at the time. Oh gosh. So my job was to do like intaking of people who were in life crisis. Oh, sure. Sure. sure yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm in my own life crisis. So yeah. there were several times where I would have to excuse myself from the room. One, because of the hot flashes like that. Sure. Um, two, I, I literally just couldn't remember yeah. what, like, what, what is happening right now? I've yeah. got to collect myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just that for being two people who have themselves together yeah. for the most part oh, not yeah. perfect <laughs> but we know we know what we're doing yeah. like we mm-hmm. we know what we're doing in yeah. our jobs and in the environments that we live in and yeah. it was no no control yeah and so I can imagine that well I can't imagine I I did it yeah what we navigated is in itself mm-hmm. okay so let's just break it down by we already have chronic things that we're dealing with in our body and now we have to deal with the trauma of loopy lupron. Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's no small thing. And I think why I honed in there is because so many women get put on lupron. Oh my gosh. And I'm not a medical professional. I'm not going to sit here and give like medical advice. Right. But I do want to say definitely look into what happens because you're not told. 
And when you're going through it, you feel like you're crazy already. And then you question like, well, I have to do it. And I just think we have to ask ourselves what is right for me. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a place like that or taking, taking things that you maybe didn't have all the information on. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause to be frank with you, like even Googling that it back, back when I took it, yeah, there was not, no one was saying any of this. Uh-uh. Now I talk to people and same experience, Yeah, but I just, I say that to hone in of like, when you think it's the only option or when you think you have to do something, but it's taking you to a place like that. Yeah. Just be okay. Asking yourselves, like, do I need this? Absolutely. And then be okay that if you do need it to be how you are. Yeah. Like yeah. don't, don't hate yourself for trying to do the best that you can. Absolutely. You know? so, yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. So many people are, are put on it and I think it's framed as this like magic, yes. you know, uh, permanent solution yep, it and is. it's so temporary and it's some, for some people it has worked yeah. and it's able to kick yeah. them into a, a yeah. stage that's, that's doable. But I know for me, it just made things worse oh, yeah, and same. my pain came back immediately yeah. Yeah. and, same. um, there was no, and now, now we're having to watch my bone density because I was on it for exactly, too long. And yeah. I was on Depo-Provera too for six years okay. and that, that, and wow. when I got off that, I was told, oh yeah, you were only supposed to be on this for two years. Oh, cool. Thanks for telling me as your guys are the ones right, that are giving exactly, it to me. Yeah. Exactly. So there's lots of things like that where yeah. I've learned and I've been, I've seen 68 doctors for this. Like oh I've gosh, seen so right. many doctors because wow. um, you don't often get a great answer the yeah. first time. And, and yep. so kind of back to what you were saying is you do have to advocate for yourself. Yes, and you it's do. absolutely okay to do that. Yep. It's okay to That's get right. second and third and fourth opinions That's until right. you find somebody that you're comfortable with yeah. because yeah. I one of I've had three surgeries for this and one of them I did because they said they wouldn't continue my pain medication until they proved wow. that I had it, even though I had a previous surgery that did. And so I oh. did that surgery and then they backed out anyway. And so wow. I would I wouldn't have done that if I would have yeah. you know been able to find yeah. more people. But exactly I was in a new state, you know, the whole bit. But it's okay to advocate for yourself. Yes. It's okay to yeah. kind of put your foot down because yeah. you're the one that's in your body every yeah. day, not yeah. the doctor. Yep. So 100%. It's, yeah, 100%. It's and important to do that. We talk about that a lot on Bear Not Broken. Like, go in with your list of questions. Mm-hmm. And don't leave till you have the answer. I still do that. Same. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm i about to do it in a couple weeks. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I want to know what I want to know to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, I also, I feel like what that does is it empowers you to also see things that you might not see. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning... When you're asking questions, it brings in a different atmosphere than them just telling you something. And so you get to see variables of your doctor, of their Mm -hmm. nurses, of their staff, and how they're going to respond and care for that. Mm -hmm. Because if they're only responding to what they're telling you, then they're not giving you total care. No, absolutely not. And Mm -hmm. so when you ask questions, I feel like it's advocating for yourself in itself. Absolutely. Um, because mm-hmm. you're then opening up the environment within that doctor's office to see how they're going to take care of you. Yeah. Past what they're just wanting to tell you. Exactly. Do. So they work for you. They work for you. You do not work for them. And how often do we go in and <laughs> we don't feel that way? Yeah. Um, I mean, I tell people all the time, like, if you can't stick up for the fact that you got the wrong nail color, then you've got some muscles to work in that mm-hmm. area of advocating because yeah. The reality is like it, it's that's on a small level, mm-hmm. right? Of someone that you're paying for a service mm-hmm. and you treat people with respect, obviously. Of course. Um, of course. But the reality is we have to work that muscle of, navig- of advocating for ourselves mm-hmm. 
so that when we get in these kind of decisions, you know, and I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I've really battled. It kind of leads me into where I wanted to go next. Mm. I've really battled like feeling disappointed in myself for times that I didn't mm. advocate for myself or didn't ask the questions or went along with the thing. Cause I was desperate. Yeah. I think in what we walk through, there's moments of desperation Mm -hmm. where you don't even know what to ask. You don't even know how to advocate. You don't even know what advocating looks like. And Mm -hmm. so that's real too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's then realizing you make the best decisions you can. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you've ever, if you could speak to any of that, of just a moment where you have felt like I did the best I can, but now I just feel like I'm left with not what I wanted. But not the outcome I was promised. For sure. I think, uh, yeah, I can think of so many times. I know, right? You probably have a list. Oh my gosh. You're like, which one do I choose right now? (laughs) Exactly. Because I haven't always been so strong about advocating for myself Mm -hmm. until I felt like I had made a really great decision and and I don't have the result that I was hoping for. Yeah. And so not that I would have changed my decision, but I think it really helped me realize that I'm the one that has to live with this every single day, yeah. not my doctor. Yeah. And they're going to get paid no matter what. So yeah. I need to make sure they still have investment in, in me and, yeah, and what good. I need to accomplish with being able to live every day, you yeah. know? Yeah. And if they're not willing to work with me on that, then they're not yeah. the doctor for me. Yeah. And so yeah. there's, yeah, there's countless times where I think where I would like, you know, make a decision based on them yeah. or based on, Oh, this is your only option. Yeah. Okay, it's my only option. Yeah. And not doing research. And yeah. I think, um, I remember back in, yeah. it was 2015. Um, up until that point, I'd never met anybody with what I suffer from. So yeah. I'd never met anybody with endometriosis. Right. For and years. So, yeah. For years and years. Yeah. And so I thought I, I just, one day I thought, I wonder if there's other people out there like me. And I went on Facebook and yeah. found these so, so many. many groups and groups with thousands and thousands of women. Yeah. And it was the first time where I felt like I wasn't by myself. Yeah. Even though they were strangers, yeah. it was really uh, empowering to, to yeah. feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. And they all have the same story that yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, there's countless times where I felt like I had to make a decision based yeah. on this is my only chance or my yeah. only shot. Yeah. And then looking back and be like, oh, that that really sucked that I had to do that. And yeah. now I find out yeah. what really yeah. was going on with that. Yeah. So oh, that um, is the worst just, feeling. Yeah. But it just helps to, I think, empower my answers from this point on. Yeah. And, um, yeah. we live and learn and not, not settle for what yeah. I know is, is, is able to be, Yeah, you know, and that's part of what I hope people will hear regardless of where they are in their phase or their journey. Yeah. Um, in this area, I think it is realizing that you are where you are and you only know what you know. Mm -hmm. And so we can't live in guilt or beating ourselves up, but we can learn and grow Mm -hmm. and develop and progress where we become better advocators for Mm -hmm. ourselves. And um, I think that's why I wanted to hone in on that. So people would hear like, you don't start there, but you do have to find a way to get there. Like don't Mm -hmm. just stay in the defeat Mm -hmm. um, and the lack of, cause I mean, when I started going through this, like, it's really going to date me. Like people don't really <laughs> Google things. Let's no, just be honest. No, me neither. Not back in the day. And there wasn't really like Facebook or no. Instagram or all these groups that you could. And so mm-hmm. for me, it was just like, it's only been even within the last, you know, five, six, seven years mm-hmm. that I have had 
owe an awareness of how many people are dealing with this. Cause that's one thing too, that is somewhat disappointing is I think when you go into, and I don't want to bash doctors and medical professionals because they can only do what they can do as well. Um, but at the same time, it disappoints me that we don't have, um, communication coming to women who are dealing with this of like, Hey, you're not the only one, Yeah. but it's presented in such an isolated and you're the problem way, mm-hmm. maybe unintentionally, but that's mm-hmm. how it's been packaged. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like there's actually, I mean, the number is astronomical. It's I one mean, in 10 women. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. I need to do a recent search on that. Okay. So one in 10 women, mm-hmm. that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And it's like, why are we feeling, we shouldn't at this point be feeling that alone in it. Right. Um, we shouldn't be feeling as if um, we're crazy. Like right. there's so many things that are not okay with where we are still. And I know, mm-hmm. I know some, some women in, in the communities that I follow that are working really hard to advocate mm-hmm. for people like us. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say, whoever you are listening Wherever you are in your journey, like you're not going to start out like this badass advocate. Okay. And if you do, well, I need, you need to email or call me or DM me because (laughs) I need some skills still, but like you will get there, Yeah. but you do have to make steps to Mm -hmm. ask the questions and do some research and don't be afraid. There's a fine balance of researching your own, where you go down this path and you're like, well, I just killed myself. Like from Google, I've just. You know, you go way too far in it, but there's a balance of educating yourself enough where you can go in and and find some answers. So thank you for sharing. So like kind of tell me what led you up. We kind of veered off to a few lanes, but share with me kind of what led you up to um, making the decision to have a hysterectomy. Yeah, for sure. So I was always told that uh, hysterectomy won't cure endometriosis because of how it is in your body. So I always had that in the back of my head and I had multiple, multiple doctors just kind of throw that out as, okay. oh, this is your only option. And I would always say no, because yeah. I didn't feel like that was the best yeah. option at yeah. the time. Yeah. So then um, through the course of like all these things kind of having to line up, I um, was on that Facebook group that I mentioned yeah. and I saw that there was a endometriosis specific specialist. Get that one. could do. Get I know, one. I know that could do what's called excision surgery, okay. which is where um, they go in and actually like remove the disease from your other organs instead okay. of just burn off the surface yeah. of it, which is typically what people Because we all know that doesn't work. Doesn't work. And it, <laughs> I've had two and it's made it, it yeah. made it, uh, much worse. And so, yeah. um, this is, this is what they call the gold standard or the way that you really can rid endometriosis from your body. Okay. So I, um, found out there was this surgeon in my area, okay. um, which was just like an hour away from me. And, um, met with her and within the 45 minutes that she saw me, she diagnosed me with adenomyosis as well, wow. which is where, yeah, share, share. The- yeah. Sorry. So endometriosis is, um, where tissue that's supposed to be inside your uterus yep. goes outside. Yep. It attaches itself to other organs, yeah. but reacts the way it does every month where it swells and all that, okay. you know, to get ready for what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Well, in that swelling, it causes abrasions on those organs, yeah. almost like having open blisters on the inside of your body. Like when or- you say it, it's like, the minimizing that people make. This is, it's not a small thing. No, it's for me. It's intense. It's very intense. For me, it feels like my organs are wrapped with barbed wire. Mm. And so every time you like move or, or adjust, that's wow. what it, that's really what it feels like wow. for me. Everybody has their own kind of Yeah, I was going to say for me, it, it feels like someone um, has punched oh, me there and gosh. bruised me. Mm. Um, but in, in that it's like 
yeah, like when you're moving around or what it just going about your day, it just feels like somebody's pressing on that bruise. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting how it's different for everyone. It's different. And then there's one spot where it'll be a very sharp pain. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how it's very different for mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. So that's endometriosis and then adenomyosis is where that endometriosis tissue is embedded in your uterus. Okay. So there's no really way to get that out yeah. except for to have a hysterectomy. Yeah. So okay. she, um, we did an internal ultrasound okay. and she walked me through it and said, this is also what you have. And the only way to get rid of it wow. is through hysterectomy. Yeah. Um, she, so she gave me that option, uh, with excision as well. So okay. they also go in and excise it at the same time. Or she mentioned doing some sort of like a, where they, um, sever the, the nerve in your your back somehow. I didn't, I, we didn't go with that option. So I don't really remember exactly what she said, but there's a way where you can kind of sever that nerve so that your brain doesn't realize you're in pain. And so it kind of helps, but your body's still in pain. Your brain just doesn't realize it. I don't know. So anyway, so she said, um, go and think about it, figure out, you know, if this is what you want to do, uh, take a few days and then just give me a call back. Let me know. So for me, you know, as you mentioned, I'm single, so I don't have, you know, I'm not married and, okay. and I've never been in the position where I've tried for kids or yeah. tried to do that. Okay. Um, so, uh, and I was, how old was I? This was five years. It was actually five years ago yesterday that my surgery was. Wow. Um, how old was I five years ago? <laughs> uh, 38, I think. Okay. Uh, I think it was 38. Okay. And so, um, so it, there was some like grieving because I'm the yeah. only girl in my family. I have three oh, brothers. Wow. And so I would have been the only one to kind yeah. of, you know, have yeah. had that experience. And so yeah. I think it was, um, to be honest, it was more sad for me for my family yeah. than I think it was for me just yeah. because, um, at least at the time, because I, I had never really thought about having kids because I didn't okay. want to do that until I was married. Yeah. And we all know how that's turning out. So, <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> You still got time, girl. You still got time. So, um, so I more mourned it for the almost the experience for my family yeah. than I did for me in that moment. Yeah. And so my surgeon was great. She said, "You're gonna want to feel this." Yeah. And I'm not good at feelings. I okay. cry once a year. Oh my gosh. I'm super, just kind of even, steady. Yeah. I don't have a lot of like outward physical emotion that I show, okay. and so. Um, when she said, you're going to want to feel this, I'm like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. And, but I did, I tried really hard to yeah. kind of feel it and process it, which yeah. was great. Yeah. I don't think I really understood it till after. Okay. Um, but that, that's where this decision was for yeah. me, where I've, it it's, the pain is so debilitating. Right. And, yeah. um, at that time, luckily it wasn't every day. It was a good, like 10, 12 okay. days out of the month. So Still, about half isn't the month. it funny how we like, we try to, it was I only know, like 10 tonight. days a month. <laughs> Okay, that's not normal. It's like not I would normal. say that to people, and they're like, uh, "Okay, that's like if I normal. if I'm talking to my mom or right. my best friend." And for me, it it really kind of shifted when my best friend said to me one day, "I had had a miscarriage, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I can't do this anymore." Yeah. And she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna be the friend right now that mm-hmm. you need. You can't do this anymore." And it still took me a good almost two years before I made a decision. Okay. But it's, I, I think that's part of it is your body's bullied you so long that you minimize what, cause when I had my hysterectomy, I was, I was 18 days out of the month bleeding. Oh my gosh. At that point. And a good 18 days of pain. Right gosh. now that was cause I also had a fibroid, oh, um, I had those PCOS and, yeah. and the endometriosis. So there was a lot happening, but like, why, like, 
we do that. Right? Yeah. They're like, oh, only 10, you know. I know. And so that's that's something that I think we have to, especially, I think as women naturally, we can tend to be like, oh, I'm good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can tend to minimize what we might be feeling or going through, like you were sharing. I mean, I'm a crier. But there are <laughs> things that I tend to block myself off from mm-hmm. or or not allow myself to go there. Mm. Um, and so I think we all do that in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're walking through something like this, there isn't something that prepares you for the during the decision, during the action, you know, taking action and making that decision of, mm-hmm. okay, this is happening. And then the after. Right. And I would agree with you. The after was more than I ever expected. And I did. Like, I cried a lot. <laughs> Um, and Jason cried a lot, but like what you were saying, it, I I just think it's important for people to realize that it it does matter to Mm. take the pause and realize whether you cry or you don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that matters, Mm -hmm. but in your own way, like you had to take time to process that. Yeah. So what did that kind of look like for you as far as, okay, I am grieving it probably the pre-surgery you were grieving it more for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how did you navigate that conversation with like your family? Yeah. Um, Cause you guys are pretty close from what, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and knowing that you're the only girl, same yep. for me. I have a brother, only girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to talk about <laughs> something like this with yeah. your brothers right. and your dad, like, exactly. you know, and, and not making, wanting to make them uncomfortable, exactly. but still got to kind of share the gravity of it because I, I don't yeah. know. And that's an interesting question. I don't know how much my brothers really knew what was going on yeah. because I never really talked to them yeah. about that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm getting organs taken out, right. taken out, you know? And so I, I found that if I could joke about it, it would it would not make light of what I was doing, but it yeah. kind of cleared the air a bit yeah. for them to know that it's okay to talk to me about yeah, it. You can that approach sense. Me. You can yeah, approach yeah. yeah, yeah. So I remember um, kind of making a joke, and <laughs> and um, and they were like, "Oh, is it okay to talk about this now?" I'm like, "Oh yes, please. Let's talk so that you guys know where things are at." And yeah, and so it kind of gave a bit of lightness, not in yeah. a way of I'm making fun of it, but yeah. just to kind of like, you're not hey, minimizing it's okay. everything's okay. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I think the, the morning came after in really unusual ways for me. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was, um, at a work event, we had it at Disneyland, which is like my favorite place. Yeah. And I was in line. I still remember where I was standing in line for one of the rides and there was wow. these kids in front of me and they were just having the best time. And I immediately start crying. And I, as I said, I'm not a big crier. Yeah, so and big I was like, what's you? happening right now? And it was, that's how it was kind of coming out is um, kind of mourning the opportunity to be in that place yeah. of helping kids, you know, grow up. And <clears throat> yeah. so that's, so it kind of showed up sneakily in that way of, of just the kind of in moments I didn't really expect. Yeah. And the other part of it for me too was, um, so up until this point, I'd been on pretty heavy pain medication okay. for, I imagine, yeah. yeah, from 2005 until my surgery in 2017. Okay. So that's a long time. Yeah. Not every day, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, when you're on certain medications, yes. they suppress your emotional yes. state as well. Yeah. And so when I was off all, it took a long recovery, which I'm happy to share too. But yeah, once sure. I was finally recovered, I was off all the pain medication. 
Well, then I felt every feeling that I had suppressed for the last, you know, 12, 13 years. Yeah. And it all came at once. And so that was a whole nother level of like mourning or, you know, experience that I had grieving that I had never, that I didn't anticipate. Yeah. And when you have a surgery like this for women, it's so emotional because there is so So much tied to it. Yeah. I mean, it it is, it does feel kind of like I'm giving a part of my womanhood away. Yeah. And there's no like. Hey, here's the counselor exactly. you're gonna go see as soon as you're done. Yeah. There's none of that, which no. is too bad. But yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, so that was a lot to kind of unravel. And I did go through some therapy for yeah. that just to try to understand my emotions that I Let's had just never say, felt. I don't know how people <laughs> go through it if they don't have yeah. therapy. Yeah. They, I they ju- I could have never. Yeah. I, I just want to like make that I want to make this space safe to say, yeah, please. Please. Find the right therapist mm-hmm. for you. Find a because woman. Find a woman. I mean, nothing against men counselors, no. but for this specifically, exactly. having somebody can be related is really Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that you did that. Because imagine, like, you are, one, you're navigating emotions in a way that just generally you never have. So, like, let's just put that out there. Yeah. But then you're putting yourself in this place where it's attached to grief. It's mm-hmm. attached to something that's final mm-hmm. in, in your world your femininity or the way that society at least defines your femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the way that your family and your friends define it, mm-hmm. it the way you have. Mm-hmm. And so it's putting all of that in this place of like, whoa, everything just was demolished yeah. in a moment's time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can imagine what do you feel like um, was the thing? I obviously I'm sure therapy was like a massive um help in that, mm-hmm. but kind of what was something that you found really helped you in those moments where it just felt like a flood? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think back. Um, animals were a yeah. big one. I had a dog at the time, Henry, Henry Walter was Aww. his name. And he was like this little four pound little cute boy. And he helped a ton. Okay. Uh, just having animals around, yeah. I think helped a ton. That's and good. I think just the freedom to talk about it yeah. because up until I had found that Facebook group. I rarely talked about it with yeah. anybody. Like I didn't tell people at work. Wow. I just kind of took my pain meds and went to work yeah. and did what I was supposed to do and, yeah. and didn't really share. I traveled full time at that time too. And okay. I just did it wow. on top of it because I didn't want people to feel sorry for yeah. me. And, um, cause there was nothing they could do. There's nothing I can do. And yeah. so empathy and sympathy, you know, are, yeah. are big, there, there, there's big differences in those two. So yeah. I think for me, just having the freedom to just kind of talk about it yeah. and finding safe people to talk about yeah. it with. Yeah. Cause I use, I still like, even today there's yeah. people that I probably wouldn't share yeah. with what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, but there are some really incredible, like yeah. my best friend Blair, she's amazing. She's in Kansas city and awesome. man, just to have people that are safe, safe. to talk to yeah. and safe to be mad about and yeah. safe to, or not mad at them, but like safe to be mad, mad about, about your it. situation yeah. or yeah, frustrated yeah, yeah. or, I mean, to the, we're, you know, we do that with each other every day and yeah. it's just so cool to, to have that in my life. And, yeah. um, cause without, without that, I think I would be in a, definitely a big, a much oh, yeah. different place. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Yeah. I think that's a huge, um, huge piece of advice is, to find the safe places that you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to encourage a little bit. So in, I think this was probably seven years ago, maybe. Mm. Um, I kind of, cause I, I would kind of go in and out of it being a bad season or a good season mm. is what I would call it. Like, Oh, okay, here we go. This is going <laughs> to be a, a doozy. And I worked in um, a team of mostly men mm. and 
um, I was at a place where I was like, okay, this is going to affect my job. Like this mm. spell, this spat of it is going to affect my job. Sure. And so I had, um, my boss was a, a guy and then my counterpart was a guy. Mm. And so I just basically was like, okay, you know what? I'm so tired mm. of like hiding this. And I'm so tired of trying to survive this and seem strong and do my job. And I'm, I'm going to make it worse because mm. what we carry emotionally, we carry physically. Absolutely. And so I was really coming into that revelation at that time. Um, and so I just said, I sat them down and I said, Hey, I don't, nobody else needs to know what I'm about to share. <laughs> it's going to be really awkward for me and for you. And mm -hmm. I, for that, I'm very sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you details that you don't need to know, but I need you to trust me that what I'm about to share is because this is highly affecting me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have to give up my job for it because mm -hmm. I loved my job. Yeah. Um, but it's going to, at times see like, I'm not okay. And I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I just spared them all of the details that we both know <laughs> was happening. But I just, I, I genuinely told them, hey, I have a chronic, uh, I have chronic health stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how I would word it. Mm -hmm. And um, in that, there are things that make it uncomfortable to work in a male environment. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very painful. Um, it causes me to be very tense. Mm -hmm because I'm trying to manage the pain and I'm also trying to manage my environment. Mm -hmm. And so I just shared with them, like, I would like to have a way to say to you guys, like today's not good. And I either need to work from home or I need you guys to be a little gracious with mm -hmm. me. And that was humbling because I didn't want that to be taken in this other path of like, Oh, well, Bonnie Ruth can't right. handle her job. And I knew that was an opportunity, but I felt like I had proved who I was enough to show up and say, Hey, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let this affect my job in the sense that I'm good at my job. Right. And that will not change. But there are going to be days that unfortunately, if I had cancer and I was going through chemo. And so I, I use that often as an example. Mm. Um, if I was going through chemo and I needed to stay home because the treatment was intense for me, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. Because we have minimized what, what we're talking about with endometriosis mm -hmm. to the point that um it's like a freaking cold yeah and the reality is it's actually on the level of going through chemo yeah and depending on what little spat you're in of it mm -hmm. it can be intense mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to throw that out there because i think it's important that as you and i are being really honest where we where we've been in our health mm -hmm. and how it's affected our our jobs our friendships our mm -hmm. families um, I do want to encourage people if you feel safe, only if you feel safe, mm -hmm. but if you do take a little risk mm -hmm. and be willing to step up and say, Hey, I deal with this. Mm -hmm. Google it at your own, um, <laughs> leisure if right. you want, but right. cause you don't have to tell them that you don't got to right. make it inappropriate or uncomfortable for you or the person. Yeah. But you know what that did? It literally changed the game for mm. me. And they were so supportive because I, tr I basically said, I'm going to honor you enough mm -hmm. at the fact that you're really good at your job. And I'm going to honor our relationship, our working relationship that I'm really good at mine too. Mm -hmm. And we're going to navigate this. Mm -hmm. And so I do think if we can muster up the bravery mm -hmm. to navigate relationships with honesty mm -hmm. and showing up and saying, Hey, I don't let this keep me from doing my life. I think you've seen that, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you are that, per obviously yeah. that person. 
You are traveling. You are doing what you need to do to show up Mm -hmm. and be successful in your career. And you've, Mm -hmm. man, you've done that like so amazingly. Um, But I just want people to feel comfortable. Like it's okay. Like if it's a safe Mm -hmm. environment and you've shown up and you're good at your job and you love it or relationships, Mm -hmm. just say it. Yeah. Take a risk and say it Mm -hmm. because you're not going to be any worse off than you are at the moment. No, and you just may have more people to support you, which is really helpful. I did the same thing at my last. That's really good. (laughs) You know, you just made more people in your corner. Yeah. I remember my last role, I had a um, a manager that was a man. Still, of course, but you know, that was a man. And uh, it is an uncomfortable thing because they can't relate at all. No. Really. No. And there was one day where I was in so much pain and Mm. I was trying to like smile through it. and, And he's like, are you okay? Right. And that's usually the question that'll get me like. Yeah. I'm not okay. Right. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And he's like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, and you know, you're really not hiding it. The dude's asking you twice if you're really okay. You're like, I'm sucking at this hiding thing right now. (laughs) And he was so kind. One of, one of the best managers I've had. And, and so he, we went out uh, about our ways and I thought, uh, I need to tell him what's going on because he's just going to keep asking and he's going to know that I'm lying. So I actually wrote it up in an email yeah. Um, cause that was the way that I could do yeah. it. And I just said, hey, whatever is going on yes. and, yep, and kind of yeah. told him and, and sent it to him, like with my breath held a little bit yeah. of like, is he going to understand? Yeah. And he was so kind. He's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've been, you've yeah. had this this whole time and yeah. anything you need, let yeah. us know. And, yeah. and so I think that there is a lot of power in, yeah. in sharing. I yeah. don't, I just don't think I learned that until I realized I wasn't the only one. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, up until that point, nobody really knew yeah. because I didn't know so hard to describe it's not it like is. it's not like a cast on my yeah. foot or, or like my yeah. arm in a sling it's exactly. not a, there's no physical affirmation for people yeah. to know that you're yeah. you're having a challenge and yeah. um anyway it was very it was very cool and and yeah. very um encouraging for me in the way that he responded yeah. and and not that he treated me any differently from no. that point yeah. but Neither he was more my, aware yeah. he was just yeah. more aware and and he could ask me if I was doing okay I'm like today's not a great day okay I get it what do you yeah. need from me and there was yeah. no like pressuring for details yeah. or information it was just yeah. like i see yeah. you and yeah. i hear you and yeah that's what we all want exactly exactly yeah that's really good advice i think mm-hmm. you know same like i had a great luckily i had a great experience in doing that as well and i think there's going to be more of that i think there is mm-hmm. more of that than we probably give credit to mm-hmm. um and so yeah i think that's very important and you even saying um that it allows more people in your corner. I think that's so good um, because that's the thing is if we keep something silent, if, if we are truly advocating for ourselves, mm-hmm. then we can't be the ones who also, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but mm-hmm. basically like we don't continue the path of it being a silent disease. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining Rob and I for part one of this two part series. Join us for part two on April 18th. Remember, no matter the barren places in our lives, we do not have to live broken.